And welcome to the Data Unchained podcast. I'm your host, Molly Presley. If you haven't joined the podcast before, let me tell you a little bit about what Data Unchained is all about. The paradigm for data access has changed over the last really one to two decades with the advent of the cloud, the introduction of really high-powered computing at the edge and in devices. Data has become very decentralized and the business need to use data and consume it in all sorts of new ways is always changing. Data Unchained digs into both the challenges as well as the solutions to make data an asset as a global resource. And we really like to talk with guests today who are guests on the show who are focused on solving these problems and maybe uncovering some of the challenges that still exist today that we as an industry need to address. Today we have Kumarika Sao. Hopefully I got your name correct in my <laughs> attempt at <laughs> getting my English to work properly. Um, Kumarika is a data analyst at Oxford Nanopore Technologies. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Molly, for having me. It's my pleasure. <laughs> and so tell us just a little bit about you, um, how you got to where you are in your career, um, a little bit about your education, perhaps. First of all, you have pronounced my name Better than 95% of the population. <laughs> Statistically, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I am Kumari Kasa. I am from India. Um, I have done my bachelor's in, co- in computer science and engineering from India. And there I have worked three years uh, in an IT consulting firm, which is quite a big IT consulting firm. Perhaps a lot of you might have heard about it. It's Enforcers Limited. While working over there, I've realized that the market is quite dynamic and if I have to thrive, I have to update myself. So I have decided that I would go for a master's degree and that's how I landed up in the UK where I did my master's in business analytics, which sounds like business analytics, but it's nothing to do with business, that's per se. A lot of analytics in it. And then I, after my master's, I took up quite a few roles. And lastly, I ended up here. It's a company, biotech company, which is doing really great with the humanity. It's called Oxford Nanopore Technology, which creates devices for DNA sequencing, which is available to general crowd. So it's really awesome that I'm contributing to the humanity with my data analysis skill in here. That's how I landed up over here. I have that in common with you. When I got into IT, it felt a little, I don't know, sterile that, yeah. you, you know, we're dealing with zeros and ones and hardware mm-hmm. and, you know, and, but what you can do with that data in the world is very compelling and something I get very yes. excited about too. Yes. So, <laughs> so I think that um, as you touched on the idea of business intelligence versus data analytics, and it's something that I think is an interesting topic that, with the advent of technologies like Tableau, um, you know, folks were able to get a lot more visualization insights into some of their basic business data that maybe sat in a database and was very specific. When you touch on the point of data analytics goes beyond just business intelligence, can you expand a little bit on what you mean by that? I want to talk about this a little bit as well. So we know that a lot of companies are moving towards data more and more, but Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who do not have that privilege of knowing what data actually does. So here, what visualization and business intelligence does to a company. So 
BI, business intelligence analyst or developer, they do not only concern to the visualization. Analytics goes over beyond this visualization. So what analytics does is not taking only your data. So data is beyond zero one. It's like it's a complicated, very messy thing. So you have to collect the data, clear it, make sense out of it, and then visualize it. So to do that, there are different kind of rules which does it. So one person cannot handle this one kind of data. So we have data engineers, we have data analysts, we have data uh, scientists, and lastly, we have data visualization specialists who does all these different kind of roles. As you look at the complexity of data, perhaps, and the different sources you're getting it from, um, if you just look at your company that you're at right now in the genetic space, where are you collecting data? Is it about your own company, um, Oxford Nanopore, or is it much broader? And where are those data sources coming from? So we produce devices, right, uh, for DNA sequencing. So there are n number of places we get data from. So it's own company data in terms of who we are uh, selling those uh, devices to, who are doing the internal testing, what are the results of internal testing. As well as when we sell those devices to the customer, we have software installed in the devices, which gives the data. So, for example, I sold a, I sold a device to you. So you now testing your DNA in it. So when you are testing your DNA in it, you are getting the data as well as we are getting the information of what kind of data you are getting. Not like the data itself, but if you are getting the data on time, if you had any issues with the device. So externally, we are collecting the data about the device. Uh, we are collecting data about you, like when did you buy the buy the device and what kind of cells you are using. A lot of uh, shenanigans about the data. We are getting the data about the customers and uh, we are getting the data about our employees, which are internally and for example, for manufacturing the devices, we are, have to have the data where we are getting the raw materials from, right? So that's another data source. So we have to combine all of them. For example, my work uh, revolves around what the product is doing, how they are doing. Dynamically, I do the analysis. So I need to have all this data collectively from different sources, which are internal and external, and then do the analysis to find the actual issue where it's coming from. It's very difficult to map all this together to find the solution. Yeah, it sounds like that it is a challenge. For you, is it the complexity of pulling from the different data sources or what are the biggest struggles in gathering the insights you need to in your workflows? So about the data sources, I do not have to deal with the challenges. I have. As I have already told that we have different teams to handle different kind of things. So um, the data that comes to me is like maybe two or three steps already done that pulled together and given to me. The challenge that I have to face in terms of data sources is the matching up of the data. So make sure that a same customer is like, like for example, I said that data has to make sense. It's just not the pulling the data together. I said that I'm you, you, I have sold you the device which might have some issues. So I might have an issue in the raw material that might cause you the issue. So the matching of the data, the mapping of the data is somewhere I face. Another issue that have had happened to me in the past is data lit latency. Because there are multiple sources and they update over the time, 
it's not always the real time data we get it's maybe like a day maybe 15 hours depends from data to data so handling all this data latency mapping currently data inconsistency and data inaccuracy these are the issue i face in my uh, point when i do that analysis and having been in you were in the consulting space you're now in the genetics space um, yeah. are the challenges kind of the same do you believe for all data scientists or is it very specific to your industry or maybe even your company what you're facing well that's a very interesting question molly uh i have worked in different kind of domains so as i have said already i have worked in it consulting firm in it consulting firm i have worked for financial services i have worked for quite a few banks then here before jumping into life science i have worked in a pension service provider and a software provider company all this organization have some similarities and some dissimilarities when it comes to the data issues some of the similarities which is like uh data cleaning data inconsistency decentralization of the data uh lack of collab this is not industry specific these are similar to all the industry i have worked all the domains i have worked some of the issues issues which is specific for the industries are for example for banking domains it's mostly not mostly but one of the very dominating issue is jdpr or pi so identifying of a particular kind of customer it's a very uh, big step that a bank has to take so data security is a very big prominent issue in banking which is not in my company as big of an issue another issue uh, for example in marketing marketing they have to understand the data source they are getting the data for to understand the customer behavior and segmentation again that's not some kind of issue that my company has to face there are a lot of issues that one company face which is not required for the other company but the solution can be global and fluid for example i have worked in a software industry so the best practice the software industry they are very concerned about their practices coding practices so every time they write a code they have to update the documentation everything i have seen this kind of practices are not implemented in other organization other domains because they think that's not required that much but when i'm working right now in my organization i have realized that implementing those practices from software engineering to a life science or biotech is very it's important here right now which is solving a lot of my issues when i joined this organization i saw there was a little lacking of documentation because they haven't paid much attention because that's not their priority but that actually made me struggle a lot to fit into the organization and as the company grows it's going to be more and more issues because people are going to come in they would have issue understanding the code understanding the data i understand that uh, domains are not the same but to fit in the proper like to make the uh, company more dynamic and utilize best of the data we have to utilize something from software team that's one of the example another thing is gdpr from banking domain can be utilizing the marketing domain to solve their issues so even though there are problems which is specific to their own domain there are solution which can be used from the another domain to solve their issues so how do you do that how do you collaborate across domains are there is it something you have to schedule meetups for or are there data science groups kind of how is that happening in in your 
set of colleagues maybe in your space or even just across similar um, skill sets of folks in the industry? Well, in terms of skill sets, because we are data, we are privileged in that way. In terms of skill set, we all utilize the same kind of skill sets. Mm-hmm. So it's the thinking that matters in different kind of domains. So for to change that kind of, um, that's why we hire team from different kind of domain that helps bringing more perspective in the table on the table. Interesting. So yeah, so in the meetings, that's one of the uh, thing that happens in different kind of meetings. That kind of ideas you want to put forward to make the things best, put make things better. So we do have meetings. Uh, there's a, uh, a session called brainstorming. So where you think you identify the issues in the working pattern and for, put forward whatever your ideas. For example, recently my company in my team, we have uh, in, uh, we have introduced agile methodology, which is something very famous and very I mean it's all there in the software domain. So which is helping us as a team to understand what's where is where is who is working where and understanding okay so this person is working this part of data let me take up another part of the data so that's making collaboration more easy and making us more productive in using the data so yeah we do have a lot of collaboration brainstorming uh, meetings and putting up ideas and discussing on it it's not an easy step to do because it's quite different than what the organization is already doing. But yeah, it takes time, but it goes there and, and actually improves. So we do like quite a few iteration to go to that implementation of ITIL. So. And so that's a lot of the social pieces of mm-hmm. collaboration. Are there tools or technologies that you are using today, maybe that you weren't using a few years ago that are helping with some of this? Yes. So one of the things is AWS. As we are uh, expanding and teams are becoming, especially post-COVID, as teams has become more like work for home satire kind of thing. So decentralizing data is very important. So we have understood that uh, making teams, like as I have already spoken about, bringing different perspectives in the table. So hiring teams from different domain, different uh, countries is important. And one tool that helped us is, uh, migrating different kind of t- cloud platforms. So in recent events and just my company, we have just migrated to AWS so that we can have access from different, uh, parts of the world. And it was previously was only to limited to UK, like on the team where I'm working, like situated in Oxford. But now that we are expanding, teams from different countries can also access the data and helps them to work on the same kind of data and be on the same page. So there are other tools that helps as well, uh, which has helped us as well in the past. And for example, I use Snowflakes, which is quite useful in terms of uh, data warehousing. And which made my life easier, to be yes, honest. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then I have I have come across DBT. I haven't worked on it a lot, but it seemed like a great tool. So as and as we are moving towards the more challenging parts of data, like because it's huge, big data tools are using like uh, has been uh, really helpful in that terms. I think it sounds like your company over at um, Oxford Nanotechnology, Oxford Nanopore Technologies, is 
good at facilitating this kind of collaboration across maybe software, data teams, maybe even business teams. Um, If you were, and a lot of the listeners to this podcast are in the senior executive management positions in their relative organizations, what is it that they need to do to facilitate this conversation? Do they need to set up these brainstorms and collaborations? Do you think um, individuals like yourself should be championing it within the org? How do companies get this going? Because it's new, you know, data teams, software and business all talking about the same problem really wasn't that common, I don't think, a few years ago. Yes, no. Yeah, it is uh, It is not that common. Actually, surprisingly, there are a lot of companies who are not data literate. So they are losing on customers. They are losing on their opportunities. And like they are actually behind the race because they are not catching up on the data. First of all, that's required is individuals who knows about the data in the organization to literate the leaders who are not like tech savvy to make them understand how data is important. And then a collaboration would be useful to make them understand why and where the data is lacking. Once they understand why those data tools and why those kind of dynamic changing and uh, way of working is important in the organization, then implementing those tools like it suits for what tool suits best for the organization type and uh, team type then has to be proposed in the team. And then after working quite a some time, if they are comfortable with it, they should move forward with it or they have to make changes in their uh, choice of tools and their choice of working style and then move forward with it. But I think the starting point is data literacy here. We Makes have sense. to literate our leaders before even implementing those tools. Makes sense. And we we're, we'll tie up here in a minute, but I'm curious. You have not brought up AI, and of course, that's a big yeah. thing that everyone yeah. hears about and reads about in our personal as well as our professional lives. Is AI new and impacting you? Is it been around for a while and it's just old news to you, or is it really not hitting your space at all? How is that fitting in your day to day? Okay. Oh well, that's a very interesting question. Well, did I am using. AI as my slave as of now. Data Good, <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> AI has not impacted me as a data analyst yet, but I have heard there are a lot of things that AI is capable of doing right now, which I'm afraid can take up my space. It's a little bit different than uh, industrial revolution. When industri- industrial revolution happened, people were afraid that people might lose their jobs and because their machines are taking place of humans it's a little bit different than that here we can control the data we can control the ai but obviously there are a lot of lot of threats going on just i have just mentioned that uh, i have heard that there's a software that can work as a data analyst but there's one issue that ai cannot do that i can do ai does not take accountability they don't have the, that I have heard in one of the podcasts, a podcast, podcast, I'm sorry, that AI has not taken the accountability because they don't have the fear to lose their job. I have the fear to lose that job. <laughs> I have this uh, thing in my head that what if I, I lose the data to outside world that might do a harm to my company. I do not think that way. So to bring that AI to the real world worker and like replace me as a worker, they have to do a lot of steps. And I don't think that AI will ever have that kind of accountability because after all, it's a robot. 
Mm-hmm. And if we go there, then I and will be perhaps an open source robot that has, you yeah. know, even, maybe even the ownership to a company. <laughs> yeah. Then I will be affected. Now I'm safe. I'm sure I'm safe in there. So you'll continue to use it to help accelerate some of your yeah, work. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I absolutely. exploit AI like anything. For every small thing, I'm like just asking. It's not making me lazy, actually. People people think that AI is making you lazy. No, you need to know how to use it to make you literate more. For example, I was I just told you that I haven't used DBT a lot. So what I do is like instead of going to Google and like searching the proper links and everything, I ask him in a conversational way, how do I want to use it? Okay, how do I solve it? I do not rely on it. I use but new it. ideas, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I use it to make myself more uh like literate towards things. Not like relying on it, okay, whatever it gives, I don't use my brain and just blind blindly uh, follow what it's saying. That's where you will be in an issue if you just blindly follow it. Absolutely. That's a great perspective and different. I hadn't heard the comparison to the Industrial Revolution. It makes a lot of sense to think about it that way. And that's an interesting analogy. Um, Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation today. I love your insights, both in the work you're doing, as well as how your company is being really effective and becoming more data literate. I know that that's a big piece that even as we were prepping for this conversation, we were talking about data literacy is important in a business. Is there anything else you feel we should um, close up with or words to the wise that you'd like to impart on our listeners? There's one thing that have been I have been thinking a lot lately that I have seen the stat yesterday about women in tech. So I have seen that in 1984, the women representation in technological world was 35%, which has fallen to now 32%. And half of the women leave, leave their jobs by the age of 35. So I just want to say to women out there that um, you just need a little bit of passion and problem-solving skills. You don't have to be afraid of technology. I used to be. I still have those thinking of imposter syndrome when I sit around these people who are like well-spoken, know what they're doing, well-suited and all this thing. And I have this imposter syndrome. Am I good enough for the work? But no, it's not really like that. You just have to do. And I think if you have the passion for it, if you know how to solve problem, you can work on it. So go for it. I love that. That's, and you know, us both being women in tech, um, you know, I think we, we all have different experiences in ourselves as well as with the folks we're working with. And for me, I think it's been most beneficial to be able to reach out to others who maybe I see as successful or brave or bold, whatever those, those endearing qualities are that you're hoping to achieve. And for me, having a network, uh, I was always surprised by people who I felt maybe were unattainable, who were more than happy to have a conversation with me that, you know, I would really look up to. And so I would also add, you know, reach out to, you know, us, reach out to folks you see in your space that are, you know, exhibiting some of those qualities that you would like to have. And I've always been amazed by how women often will really help each other work through some of those challenges. Um, Thank you so much for joining this conversation. I've enjoyed meeting you. And I also think that this will be a great uh, episode that our listeners will really enjoy. Thank you so much, Moni, for having me here. Thanks for listening to Data Unchained, powered by Hammerspace. To learn more, visit hammerspace.com. 
If you have a guest you would like to hear on the show, email me at molly at hammerspace.com. Oh, 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 oh,